You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. Welcome to another week in the Coach's Journey Podcast. I'm Dr. Sherry Fluellen, your co-host, one of your co-hosts, and Faisal Ansan, who is your other co-host. We are excited today to talk about the most foundational thing with your coaching. Because if you're not, if you don't have this, your coaching is going to be all over the place. You're going to get frustrated. You're probably going to give up at some point. And so this first thing that we're going to talk about is kind of like the bedrock of everything that you build your entire life as well as your coaching on. So if that doesn't have you intrigued, I don't know what will or what will intrigue you. <laughs> um, and this honestly, yes, intriguing. And this is honestly one of Faisal's favorite topics. So if you want to see, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so hang with us here in a few minutes. We're going to dive deep into this again, your most foundational, uh, the piece of, of your coaching practice and really just building the life of intention that you want and that's fulfilling and satisfying. Before we jump into that, Faisal, our wins, what has been a win for you this week? I think um, uh, a win, I, I think I'm uh, going more and more towards, I find myself, it was funny last year, I set this goal that uh, that my business will flip. I will be doing 70% more groups versus 70% one-on-one. And it's getting very close to that. Yay! <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm finding myself more and more in groups, more in group facilitations, and now going more towards events. And just it, it, it's weird and surreal when something is like you're in the middle of it and you start to notice it's like, oh, I'm doing more groups. The <laughs> It was just a matter of setting that goal <laughs> and then working towards it, which is which is really cool. It's a, uh, it's, it's a cool feeling. And I'm looking at like today I was preparing on uh, one of the sessions on productivity and prioritization for a multifamily investors group. And um, it was just cool to have that conversation and just it feels more normal to me to have those conversations than talking to people normally. (laughs) It's a weird feeling. (laughs) I will tell you that I, I suck at walking into a social situation that's super ambiguous and trying to do small talk. Like, I don't know how, I really don't know how to small talk. It just doesn't come natural. I don't really like it. And so it's just, you know, as a coach, as a psychologist, I'll, you know, I'm so used to like, you know, people telling me their deepest, darkest secrets or whatever. And it's so it's so to be like, so how's the weather? You've seen behind the curtain. Right. It feels so disingenuous. (laughs) And I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's awesome well congratulations for recognize for first of all uh for you moving towards your goal and then secondarily recognizing it <clears throat> and giving yourself an opportunity to celebrate it through you know while you're in the middle of doing it yeah yeah thank you thank you what's been a win for you sherry all right so my win this week is that i am growing 
<laughs> I know how that feels like. <laughs> right, right. And so that is my interpretation of when I have a really rough week, that things aren't going right. Um, a lot of stressors are coming and I'm trying to figure out how am I going to manage this? Do I even want to manage this? Like kind of all of those questions that happen, um, especially as we're shifting, you know, a lot of you, a lot of, a lot of coaches that are watching this, you are either were or are in the middle of shifting. You either are in some other role in your life, some other vocation, <clears throat> some other job, and you're like, you want to get into coaching, or a lot of you I know are kind of straddling both. You're starting to do coaching, but you don't feel like you can let go of the, the previous thing, <clears throat> or there's, you're still kind of in transition. So um, yeah, my life is still in transition and it's hard and it's frustrating. And there's days that I'm like, just kind of want to just completely drop certain things that are kind of my responsibility. So I'm still kind of figuring it all out. So my win is that I'm growing. There we go. I have, a, I, I love that. And thank you for sharing it in that perspective. I have a very strong feeling that our lives will be in transition a lot. <laughs> to be honest, I've, I've found myself say that so much in the past five, six years. Yes. That at this point, I'm like, I think the transition is the norm. Because <laughs> 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 there's always something happening, either moving or the business is going to the next level, or we're going to a different place, or something else is happening. And, and it's not that they're just happening. A lot of times it's a product of like the kind of the quality of life that we're seeking and the challenges that come with that. I think it's a consequence of what we pick. At least for me, that's true, is that I, I'm picking so many things that I'm not comfortable in doing that almost yeah. everything feels like a transition. A lot yeah. of times, so I've, I've kind of learned to be okay with transition being the norm yeah. versus like just kind of floating. Yeah, well, some weeks, some weeks transitions are exciting. Like, yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of energy. Like, I'm, I'm excited. You know, there's that sense of momentum. I personally love. So this is kind of, it feels a bit uh, counterintuitive, but I love change. I, I, I'm not one to like, just kind of sit still. And a lot of entrepreneurs actually gravitate towards entrepreneurship because they get to be in control of their life. I'm putting that in air quotes. <laughs> While putting and, their life out of control. <laughs> well, right. And, <laughs> and because they, they're okay with change. So I love change. And there's some weeks that it's super exciting. And then there's other weeks where it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's like, you know, hitting a brick wall and, um, you know, I think it's because, yeah, I, it, I would say in some respects, I think some of the challenges is when you're in an environment where not everybody has the same philosophies, the same level of character and integrity, the same, you know, kind of fundamental values as you. And I'm talking like just completely random people, like subcontractors and other spaces, you know, it just, there's a lot of these things that are just, uh, yeah, just challenges in the transition of life. So, <laughs> all right, uh, before we shift into talking about that underlying factor uh, that will help you in your coaching and um, give you clarity in your whole life, we are going to talk a little bit about the Coaching Mastery Community, which is the uh, sponsor for our podcast. So Faisal, do you want to talk a little bit about what the Coaching Mastery community is and the value that it holds to coaches? 
Yes, and I, I literally, we just did a call today. And by the way, for those who are wondering that this is on a Thursday, just today we were supposed to have a change and we were hoping for a guest to come in, but that didn't work out. So we're doing today on a Thursday. Um, but just today we have on Thursdays at 12 p.m. We have our um, mastery mind sessions where we're either discussing a specific topic around coaching mastery. Today we were discussing how we can help clients develop better clarity. And, um, and we basically, we air that session live into our group and we actually had quite a few people uh, engaged in the group as well. And, and one of them fill out the application to join the community who happens to be my client too. Uh, and if you're listening to this, I, I think Alec listens to the podcast too. And, and just, I, I think that, that, that the power of that is that we were sharing thoughts that help us grow as a coach and help us serve our clients better. And, and just, I mean, you talked about having similar foundational values and like when you watch the coaches, like we feel much more connected because yeah. we understand each other's thoughts. We understand what we're trying to get to. We understand that, hey, this is, this is gonna, what would it look like if I applied this thing in my, in my coaching practice or business? Uh, and, and really coming together and being supportive towards each other. And, and literally just another aspect was this, um, if Katie's listening to this, I, I put out a, a trailer for my event that I'm doing in Toronto and um, like I got a lot of feedback on it, but she like she felt called to just talk to me about it. So she just got on a 30 minute call and she gave me incredible feedback. And I literally we recorded that. I sent it to my partner. I sent it to the VA. I'm like, can we implement these things? And my partner is like, oh, he's like, yeah, that's incredible feedback thing. Thank that's you. That's awesome. And, and just, I mean, that the kind of community that we have is that we were, we're, what we're creating is a supportive environment for us to move forward in our business and our coaching practice. And, and I think that's invaluable. It is invaluable, you know, and I made, so to go back to my win, my growth win, you know, this week has been really hard. It, it doesn't really even have anything to do about coaching per se, but it's all the other stuff that I'm trying to do. Uh, and, and so it's just, it's, it's just been, it's been a week. And so when I was on the call today, I, I normally I'm talkative and like to share and, you know, I'm kind of like this, this is kind of my normal thing, <clears throat> but I, I really didn't say much. And I was just super quiet. I was just kind of sitting back and, and people could tell like, Jerry's not normal, you know? And I literally had three people message me like, are you okay? Even one of the other coaches in the coaching mastery community who's in our membership, she, she literally messaged me afterwards. She's like, I was watching it on Facebook. I saw you weren't looking like yourself. She's like, can I call you? Are you, you know? And so like, this is, this is the kind of community we have where like, we can be not okay. And it's okay because we're always in transition. We're always learning, growing, but it's an opportunity to support each other. So you don't have to, you don't have to go through it alone. You don't have to struggle through whatever it is that you're struggling through. There's people that care and that want to see you succeed and want to see me succeed. And so it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it is. That, that is a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so, so maybe we can jump into um, our um, definitely. So one thing we didn't mention is that you can actually join our Facebook group for free. Um, where we air that Thursday session at 12 p.m. Um, that's part of the paid membership, but you get it for free. You can engage in the Facebook and you can ask questions. We even respond to it during the session sometimes. 
or afterwards, you will get a, just a whole lot of value just being part of that. And you can engage other coaches who are there in the, uh, in the community as well. Um, maybe we can jump into our topic. Yes, let's. So any, I, I'm curious. So before we jump into the topic, I just want to ask, like, and give you a moment, like when I say this is one of the most foundational pieces of your life, <clears throat> and especially your coaching, that will make sure that you stay on the path. What are the thoughts of what that is? Faisal, do you want to answer the question? I mean, the, the thought that comes to me is uh, the, my vision, the reason why I have that vision, why it's important to me, and why I do anything that I do. Uh, and and I, I think that's, uh, uh, if you guys haven't read um, the, the book by uh, Dr. Viktor Frankl, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, it really got me to think about a lot of things is that a lot of times we, we tend to think that, oh, our purpose is to move away from pain and move towards pleasure. Uh, but like life's greater thing might be is to really find hone in on what, what is, what is your why? What is your purpose? What is, what matters to you? Because when you find what matters to you, then, uh, and, and just stepping back from that, just, just watching life generally is tough. It can be an incredible it can be a struggle for a lot of people. Um, there are very few people who will say, no, life is, life is not a struggle. It, it is a struggle. It's a challenge in a lot of ways. And, and challenges, a lot of them we don't have control over from our personal life. Like, they, like when you think about it, it's actually, it can be incredibly scary because my kids are downstairs. They went, uh, actually, they might be downstairs or they might be away, but they're on the road. Anything could happen, literally. I have virtually no control over one of us could get sick. Something could happen to another family member. The economy could crash. Um, and I've kind of lived through some, some of those, uh, those things. I, I come from a place where the whole system in a country shut down and we had to kind of take off with, with nothing. And it, that's, those are the realities we live with. So my, my, the question that I've asked myself is what makes it all worth it for you? Mm because if you cannot find what makes it all worth it for you, then your focus will be the struggle, the challenge that you have no control over. But when it is worth it, you actually own the struggles. You honor the struggles a lot, like how Dr. Sherry is sharing. And not only that, the funny thing that I find is that high performers tend to find more challenges as if life doesn't give them enough. <laughs> <laughs> true that is so true it's like oh there's a a comedian who is hilarious his name is i think it's like jim gaffigan <clears throat> um anyway and so he does this whole bit on like kids like he's got a lot of kids maybe he's only got four or five but he's like and i'm gonna butcher it now it's so hilarious so if you guys uh look up like drowning um, and Jim, Jim Gaffigan, because you'll come up with like a little YouTube thing, but, but basically he talks about like, what is it like, <clears throat> what's it like to be a parent or something like that, you know, and then he talks about like trying to, like you're trying to save a, a, a kid when they're, you know, they're out, I'm butchering this, or try, you're like, you're trying to save a kid when you're, when you're out in the water, and then what, what does the other person do to help you? They throw you another kid or something like that. Like, it's just something ridiculous. And I totally butchered it. So I'm telling you, you've got to go to YouTube 
and Google or whatever, search out Jim Gaffigan and like drowning kid or whatever, and you'll come up with it. it sounds morbid, but it's not, it's pretty funny. <clears throat> but yeah, it's like that. It's like, no matter what struggles we're in, it, it does. I, I mean, I, I will own this. It always is like, yeah, but what else can I take on? What else can I do? <laughs> and so, you know, I think there's a, for me, there's a habit around always looking for another thing or the next thing or the next level. And that can get me in trouble if, I, if I'm not clear on what it is that I'm trying to accomplish with all of this, if I'm not sure of my why, because then, and I think, I think I've totally done this in my life where I look for the next thing to conquer and challenge, but it ends up being something that I, if I had thought about it and been a little bit more clear about what do I feel like is, is maybe a unique purpose for me here on earth, if, if I had known that better or, or been more intentional with that, I wouldn't have done that thing as the challenge. I probably would have done something else, which would have been more productive, more gratifying, more, you know, whatever. Uh, so, so I think that we can get caught in the, you know, challenge for challenge sake rather than challenge with an intentional purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I think at some point, if you start to notice that you're capable of dealing with certain things, then it's a lot, it becomes a lot about the exhilaration of the process. And, and this is why, like, when, when I, like, if you watch, like I've had entrepreneurs or people who have talked to who do skydiving, for example, like they do it for the sake of the exhilaration, for the sake of feeling that they get there. And a lot, like if you watch business owners do very similar things, they were go towards very risky things. Yeah. And it's challenging. It's all sorts of things, but they get the exhilaration. But that's a little bit different than when, like you said, when you understand that there, there is a bigger theme for you. There is a bigger purpose around why you do what you do. And, and it's interesting because that purpose is very subjective and it's very personal to, to a lot of people and, and personal to a very, very high, high degree that most other people won't know until they, they shared it. All they see is the, like the effect of certain things that they do. Um, and, and I think in, in the coaching world, it becomes really important. And, and I shared this with Cherry. I mean, this idea, like I, I really thought about it because Simon Sinek talk, thinks about, talks about it a lot is that when you're looking at businesses, uh, pe people don't buy products and services. They, they buy the vision, they buy the why. Yeah. They buy what, what, is, what, is, what are they buying into? What is the I don't, I don't buy just a leg shaver. I'm <laughs> buying smooth, silky legs with, that don't yeah. have hair and my husband doesn't complain about. That's what I buy. <laughs> exactly. And, and so like a, a lot of times when I'm uh, like one of the first things I've done with my clients and, and this, like we, as coaches, we do share our story, but I do share, like, I got very, like, I, I share, why do I do this thing? And for me, it's, it's because I needed this growing up i saw my family members needing something like this growing up i saw people being disconnected and and I, like it was so weird because i didn't even know what support and help look like forget about seeking something i didn't even know what that would look like so what i would do is i would go talk to somebody about the struggle that i would have and the answer is oh that's how life is or that would be one of the common the other one is oh you just got to deal with it uh, you just got to do this. And it's as if, if 
nobody said, I don't know. <laughs> Let's find and seek answers. They just said, well, this is how we do it. That's just everybody does it. And something wouldn't add up, but because I had no other way, the only thing I could do is run away from the pain. Hmm. And what does that translate to? Like when you look at like the, the statistical reality is like how many people are addicted to, to so many things from social media to alcohol, to gaming, to shopping, to, to building businesses, to you name it, positive and negative side of it. Yeah. Um, and and there, there are some that are looked at, like in the words of Dr. Gabor Mate, some that are looked at as positive, like people who are constantly moving up, up and up for no reason whatsoever, just for the sake of that exhilaration at the cost of whoever it is on that path. Yeah. Um, we don't look at that negatively, but that could still be an addiction yeah. versus somebody who's addicted to alcohol or drugs. I was, and I know what that feels like. All it is is running away from what you don't want to face or you don't know how to face. Um, but then you come to a point, and, and for me, I think the tra trajectory changed when I realized that, and then this is usually why we figure things out, uh, is that my body was breaking down. I couldn't, I was disconnecting from the people around me. I didn't know what future looked like to me. I didn't have a conception of it. I felt broken. I felt like my life was passing me by. And in those moments of pain, there was a clarity that, that came in, is that something needs to change. And then that took me through a very lengthy journey. But had I had somebody who would support me on that path, that 10 year journey would have been cut to like, six months to one year mm. six months to one year because that's what it took all it took was just a few very important conversations with my mentor with my coaches something switched and the person I that i thought i was that didn't exist i think that's an important important recognition from your experience that the power of coaching, the power of being present and helping somebody kind of sort through their mess at the moment can take 10 years and cut it down into like a half or a year. That's, that is saving an incredible amount of pain and lost time. And, and, and that's why to me, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm approaching people, it's not about me selling anything. It's about me supporting people. It took me a while to kind of come into the, what once I dealt with a lot of the money challenges and all the sales challenges and marketing and all that stuff. But when I worked through some of those blocks, I came to a point where I was like, okay, my purpose, my why is that I, I'm doing this because one, I needed this and everybody I knew around me needed this to a certain, certain degree, whether they knew it or not. And I know that there are other people struggling right now. So it is not only a, a purpose and a personal why for me, it is something that's needed in the world. Yeah. It is something that calls you to service. And for me personally, there's a reason why uh, the more I've looked back, the more, more I've kind of looked back into my life, I, I've realized more and more that there were reasons behind why I went to what I do because almost everything that has accumulated has translated to what I do now. What matters to me now, what I love doing 
And it's the oddest things that I would never have pictured at that point that, that would take me there. But it creates a certain level of conviction and passion and, and, and care that clients tend to notice. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't go unnoticed because um, when I'm with a client, I feel what they feel yeah. because I've felt it. I've seen other people feel it too. I was literally on a call yesterday and I don't shy away from this. Some coaches do, but half my calls I'm crying. So I'm okay with that at this point. I've admitted that I will just do it. So I'm, I'm just like my client, just, she's just sharing her story and she's a single mom. She's gone through all this stuff. And all, I, all she sees is like, <laughs> and I'm not like at the end. And then I asked her, like we went through it. It was a really good session. At the end, I was like, well, what did you love about the session? He's like, you know, uh, when you're sharing your story, a lot of times, uh, uh, like you're bawling and she, she was holding herself from being emotional, but I was getting emotional. It's like you're bawling your eyes out and you see the other person sitting there on like a rock and as if nothing matters and you're like broken inside. Um, and it's, it's like for the first time, somebody felt it with me. Mm, that's powerful. And, and, and I, I've always wanted to, but I, I know what it feels like to hold that back because I tried to do that like the 30 years of my life. Um, but I think that has a human power in it that we all feel it. We just have created certain strategies to deal with that, certain coping mechanisms. Um, and, and so like, it, it, like your why, your purpose, what you've gone through, it shows up in your sessions. You can't disconnect from it. But the more aware you are, the more you're like, okay, this, my purpose is to just really support this person because this is what I've gone through. It's beyond sales. It's beyond marketing. It's beyond business. Now, that makes a big difference compared to somebody who's like, okay, let, me, let me get this client. Yeah. Let me get this, sell this client this product or service. Now, Faisal, one of, the, one of the challenges that I know a lot of newer coaches have, because we hear it a lot in the coaching mastery community, <clears throat> and that is the, the, the question of, how do I, who is my ideal client? And, and how do I find them? How do I connect with them? And I'm wondering, as I'm listening to you talk, your perspective on do you know as as somebody is trying to determine what who their ideal client is or how they can best serve in the coaching arena is it better to to kind of have that why super pegged down first and then search for people that you know kind of have the issues and problems that that's that your why can can speak to or can you know have a positive influence on or do you think that those two, like the ideal client and your why are so generalizable that like the why can fit into and serve um, and, and come out in a way that's valuable for the client, regardless of the, the niche or the, the avatar or any of those other words that <laughs> people like to throw around? So, I mean, I, I got a very direct experience of that. So I... I accepted to go into this uh, contract uh, for coaching. And I was doing, at some point, I was doing the group coaching every month. And now the people who were attracted to that community was not because of me. It was because of whoever created that community. And he had certain values. Uh, and, and I can come back to why he attracted them. But it was interesting. So as I did these coaching sessions, 
every month, there would be certain people who would reach out to me. There would be certain people who would comment, certain people who would, who would be affected much deeper than others. And a lot of it was related to the story I would share, the questions that, were, that I would ask, the perspective that I would share, the way that I would go deeper with them. Not everybody there were, even though they would get value, but not everybody was super aligned. And those, the clients who would want to work with me one-on-one, they came out of those, like, as I shared more, as I, as I shared more about my vision, about my why, about my stories, about the perspective, because they are all, they, they related to it much more. Yeah. And then even, for example, my, my niche is multifamily space. Even within there, I started to notice I attract a specific type of people. It's, it's, not, it's not everybody. Actually, it's not most of them. There are specific type of people. And the more I've worked with them over the course of one year, two years, three years, the more I've realized how similar they are to how I am. And there, there are times where, um, where I've, um, I've asked them questions. I feel like I'm asking myself those questions and it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> and I still remember I had this one session. I walked this client through a visualization where she had to process something and word for word, her experience was very, very similar to my child. It was one of the most painful things I had to do on myself. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I was already in it. I couldn't do anything. And I'm like, okay, I'm moving forward. She's going through it. She is like falling her eyes out. I'm broken and I held enough together. And she got a lot out of that session. She didn't know what was happening here as much, um, but I finished that session. I literally, I, I remember, I went to the kitchen. I just sat on the chair and I just broke down. I was like, shit. And then it was like a good 10 minutes. My kids came around me, sort of my, my wife, she was like, uh, is everything okay? <laughs> like, what the hell happened? And I'm like, and, and, and that, that was not only a power of coaching for her, but like I literally walked myself through something that I would not be very comfortable doing it in that way. Mm. But because I was, I was in that moment, I knew I had to support her. Mm. Um, but I, I think, and, and it comes back to like, when you look at like, what kind of people do we want to work with? Part of it is the mental work of trying to figure out your avatar and all that stuff. You will do that. Yeah. But ultimately, like when you look at the world, it's like finding needle in a haystack. Yeah. Like who feels aligned uniquely with your vision, with your why, with all that stuff. People, there are some common patterns, but there are very few people who kind of click with me in, in the way that I am. And so how, how do we attract that? Well, we attract that by sharing more. Yes. Yeah. We don't yeah. go pick one person at a time. And that's what has happened. The more I've shared within different communities, within my coaching sessions, within uh, the groups that I'm in, the more I've shared, the more I've attracted the people that feel much more aligned with my message. And, and it's very interesting because there are times where I don't even have to look at somebody's questionnaire or anything. Like I, I can tell there's something I know about this person. And as I start to question, it kind of gets verified. I don't know how, but I know. So, and I, I, so I want to take this moment and just ask the, the question of the folks that are listening to this. 
what is your what is a takeaway out of Faisal's experience that he shared, um, particularly around the question that I asked of you know your why and how does that impact impact uh, you know who you're working with or who you want to work with or or how that all happens. One of the biggest takeaways that I have from what you said <coughs> is we need to stop being anxious about getting the right group of people out of the gate, about finding that perfect group of people, the, the perfect type. Because I, I see that a lot. There's this, there's this, I don't know if it's like not wanting to fail and a sense of, you know, um, ego or, or, or whatever it is, but it's like, we want, we want, and I, you know, count myself in this too. It's like, now I want to, I want to find, I want to find my people and I want to do it now. And I want to do it right. I don't want to have to weed through people that, you know, are not, uh, going to benefit as much from my work or that, you know, are, aren't the people that I feel like I can work long-term with or, or whatever the scenario. And so what I hear you saying though, I think is really powerful is that we just, need to get out there and do the work do the work and over time it'll solve itself yeah. and, and we should literally this was part of our conversation in, in the session on when we talked about clarity and one of the biggest takeaways from the coaches there was that a lot of clarity is in action i, I think a small part of clarity is developed as you do the introspection as you look through what you want as you build your vision but that's like a small fraction of clarity yeah most of clarity develops as you start to do things and it's the most incredible thing and the the weird thing is that i i think it goes beyond like it is ego but i think it goes beyond that i think it's how we're trained to think like think about it like uh, the way we're taught to think like think about go back to most of our schooling, most of the way adults are taught to learn. It's very theoretical in nature. It's not that you learn and you apply. It's more like you learn, 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 learn. I mean, you went through a doctorate to learn, learn, and you will apply at some point in the distant future. I still remember the first job I got, uh, it was a technical job right out of, out, of, uh, out of school. And I got there, it was one month of training. I start, it was funny, at the end of the training, I was sitting there, I'm working, I'm working through some of the stuff. First of all, it was incredibly easy to do for me at the time. And then I thought about it. I just spent like a good four or five years going to schooling for this thing. And I'm using about 3% of what I learned. <laughs> and, and I didn't even need that 3%. I just needed to go through that one month of training. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I, I think that kind of training doesn't just go away. So especially as you come in, like the, the, the book by uh, um, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, when he uh, talks about the difference between entrepreneurship and, and how people who are taught to be in, the, in a normal job type of system is that, uh, and, and just the, the beginning was really powerful for me because it's, it's his rich dad that talks about this is like, he, he compares entrepreneurship to life, like how the rules of nature works you don't sit there and learn and learn and learn and do things you do things and the doing itself creates it's a process this is such a normal thing for us like what think about your kids like kids don't learn by just giving them a bunch of stuff they, they learn by doing things mm -hmm. 
but to us it's odd because we just spent a good couple of decades trying being trained to just download information yeah yeah as you were talking about that uh you know i was thinking about learning how to swim you know you can you can read books watch videos on how to swim on you know how to stroke and how to how to float <laughs> how to breathe and, you know, turn your head at the right time, all those things. But you really don't know how to do that until you get in the water and practice. And then you're like, oh, now I'm, I'm starting to see how, how I put these things together. And, and there's so many nuances. Like you can't, you can't be a world-class swimmer just by reading or watching or listening. You have to do. And then when you're learning to swim, if you're really bad at swimming, you absolutely have no idea. You got a lifeguard right there, like ready to like pull you up if you start to drown. Um, you know, I remember when I was, I was, I suppose I was probably like seven. I was in swim lessons at the YMCA back where I used to live. And I remember standing on the end of that diving board, you know, and I was like shaking, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the, the lifeguard swim instructor is, is in the water, like, just jump, I'll catch you. And I'm like, are you sure? You know, um, but so there's so many aspects of life where we naturally, it's a, it's a, it's a accepted, accepted in society where there's like this training period, this you do and you learn and it's okay that you're not perfect. There's people to help you. Um, and then somehow as adults, it just all goes away. And all of a sudden we're expected to be able to do all the stuff and know all the things Um, you know, and even in the, and certainly in the coaching world, I think that there, there can be a lack of understanding or a lack of, um, I don't know, like an over-expectation that all of a sudden jumping into entrepreneurship and as a coach and all these things, you're like, of course, I'm going to be able to do all this stuff perfectly from the beginnings, no big deal. Um, but really, you know, we got to learn how to swim and we probably need a coach and our lifeguard right next to us to pull us up, you know, when we start to drown and not so sure that we can do this. Yeah. And, and this is where we, I think uh, as coaches, we overestimate our abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because we have spent a good amount of time kind of thinking about this stuff, we have a lot of introspection. We, we have looked at our life differently. We have read a lot. So we have a lot of theoretical knowledge. The problem is that you need to put that to test. Yeah. And, and when you put it to test, most of most, like I learned this in, in, in the one thing that I used to love in, in, in when I used to um, in school was specifically in engineering was a very applied subject. And we did, we basically spent one whole semester designing a machine. And then the next semester, we took that design and we were supposed to build it. In the machine shop from scratch so we had to we had a budget i think it was like 300 or something we had to find creative ways of getting the material machining parts of it other parts but finally like we had to scrap together somehow to build it i, I still remember we were sitting it was a team uh, and our instructor for the machine shop uh, if we're looking at the design is like how the hell are we going to make this work and he looks at our design he very casually looks like that he's, he's like yeah you're gonna have to redo this we just spent the whole semester. He's <laughs> like, yeah, well, most of the stuff that you're like, this will not work in, in machining. This will, it looks great, but this won't work. 
and he's speaking from experience. We're like, yeah. And then we spent a good week accelerating the process of redesigning and then finding, we had to completely redo the whole thing. But through that process, as, I, as we kept doing it, we realized just the, that whole, first of all, how much fun it was to build and rebuild because it was like a space where you could make mistakes. Like uh-huh. you're not, it's like make whatever, as long as he was like, our teacher was pretty blind. He's like, as long as you respect the machine, then you don't cut your fingers and your face off. <laughs> Experiment, because this is your time. And, and it was interesting because we made mistakes pretty much every day. Like we, I would start the, working on this lathe that would if you have ever seen a lathe and it, it, it works on a cylinder and like as soon as you bring the tool in you have no experience you're gonna hit the wrong corner and it's not working you're gonna have to scrap a whole thing of aluminum that you, that you just paid or you cut it off and, and parts part of it so like that's the process of coaching is like okay you have a lot of theoretical stuff and partly experiential from your own thing but as you put it into practice you will notice that a few things that you thought would work in sessions they don't work a few things that you didn't think would work they work very well and you start to develop this kind of ability to dance and and i would equate coaching a lot like dancing with a partner is that you develop this rhythm and you don't like stop in the middle of the dance floor. Let me think about this move that I learned. <laughs> no, you just dance. <laughs> right. And it's like, I love the dancing analogy. Um, there have been plenty of times where, you know, I'm, 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 I'm in the coaching relationship and something's happening and I'm, I like have the perfect question. I deliver the question and like, boom, it lands good. You know, they're like really thinking about it and I'm feeling good. And then they say something and I'm like, Oh, sh- I what I didn't see that coming. And so like, I, I, you know, textbook, like I did the right thing here, or, or I had a plan here. And then of course, you know, as, as my dance partner, they, they put their left foot out instead of the right foot. Now I don't know what to do. Or do I, you know, and, and so I love that no matter how much we plan prepare, there are those moments and relationship dynamics that we get into, where now we have to fall back more on intuition, fall back on being open, being curious, um, you know, rather than feeling like, you know, we, we have a, a, a specific strategic plan that we have to follow. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting dance. You're doing the tango, I'm doing the waltz somehow. <laughs> and, and, and that's why it's, it's like, um, it, so because it's such a, it's such a has such a growth curve it will feel like a struggle it will feel like half the things are breaking they're not working whether it's you moving your business forward or you working with your clients um some sessions it's great some sessions oh nothing's happening because you don't have a frame of reference all of a sudden you have a bad session you're like oh okay that's the end of our coaching but somehow the client shows up Uh, But then, so as you're kind of learning the ropes, think about it. The reason you will stick to all this stuff is goes back to your why, how important it is. Because it's too painful to go through the whole feedback process. Like I've sat across my client and I've asked like, what was your greatest insight? Or what did you hesitantly, what did you love? Nothing particularly. <laughs> I like not think about what I'm going through in that moment. But that was a teaching moment for me. I'm like, okay, now I need to look at what the hell happened here. 
How could it be that we just had a 60 million conversation? There was no insight. And I didn't even know how to challenge that at the time. And, and, but then as I've learned to move towards that, I know what to anticipate. I have seen different variations of it. And, and so I, the reason why I'm highlighting this so much, so the same thing shows up in your business as well, is that there are things you're going to textbook, you're going to go reach out to people, no one will respond. <laughs> <laughs> or one or two people respond. You'll put out something, uh, three people will show up. And whether it's a webinar or something else, like those are normal things, but you don't know unless you've gone through it. Yeah. I'll give you actually, it was funny, my, my, my older daughter, uh, Aliyah, so she got interested again in karate. And I don't know how the last time she was talking about it, it's like, I think I'm ready to join karate because last time she didn't, she went, she didn't like the uniform. She didn't like how strict the, the, the teacher is being I'm like, okay, you can get out and you can try it next time. So she's like, I'm ready. So this uh, afternoon I go downstairs, she was doing sit-ups. So she's like, <laughs> and, and she, she did like 10 and then she did another 10. She's all excited. She's like, yeah, I did that in the karate class. And, and she's like, Baba, it's hurting. It's my stomach is hurting. I, and uh, I was in the kitchen. I was like, it's supposed to hurt, <laughs> but she doesn't know that. Right. And when I said that it's supposed to hurt, I'm like, oh, that's the good kind of pain. You're, you're pushing your muscles. She's like, oh, okay. Then she kept going again. But now think about it. If she didn't know, and there was nobody to give her that frame of reference, she didn't know from experience or anything. I was like, oh shit, I'm getting pain. I have no meaning around that. I have no perspective around that. And if you watch kids, like when kids are just little, they will cry and pain because they're hungry. Mm-hmm. We feel the same pain, but we don't look at it the same way. I love that analogy of your daughter. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it, was a, I like it. it was such a normal thing, but it's like, now think about it. Think about it in business. So Gary V, he was on an interview I, I watched. He was talking about it. He's like, okay, what's the difference between a small size business and medium size business or big business like well some people say 500 plus people are medium it's like forget about people like revenue wise like well what did they say five million dollars he's like no it's like that's shit we've made up he's like he's like when i'm looking at five million that's shit business that's not a business for me he said but let me put it this way a million dollar business is incredible for somebody who cares about that million who that's 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 the thing that they wanted that's an incredible business. It takes a lot to build something like that. But for me, that's not. And in understanding and understanding your why will be very important here because what, what are you building? Because your why will take you to certain directions and not certain other directions. Because if you don't understand your vision, if you don't understand your why, you will follow certain things that other people do that might not feel aligned with you. And you will call that great. So Faisal, as we were, we're about done, and I want to leave our listeners with a powerful question that they can ask themselves that will help them on their pursuit of really dialing in their why. So to put you on the spot, what, what is a powerful question that we all can ask ourselves and probably ask ourselves frequently that can help us on the path of really getting clarity around our why.
I think it will be a couple of questions. I think one will be the theme of what we're following. I think if every morning we like, as we're doing the day-to-day -day stuff um, around our business, as we're going through the day-to-day -day struggle of it, we ask ourselves, well, why is this important to me? Why is this worth it for me to go through this? Why am I doing this? And, and this is why a huge part of like my office is around my purpose statement, my vision, my why, my words, because they point to why is this worth it for me? And then when we're reaching out to people, I think the second question might be is, why is it important for me to serve this client or this potential client? And, and both of them, I think, connect, connects to our own personal, powerful reason as to why we're doing this. Why am I spending a lot of time? And, and it can, you can ask yourself in the, within the marketing, within the sales, why am I going through this? Why is it, why is it so important for me to go through this? Mm. And, and I think that why in itself, as we get connected to it more and more, we realize that it's worth it. The challenge is worth it. The pain is worth it. The growth is worth it. The connections that we make are worth it. The lessons are worth it. Um, and, and ultimately, everything is, is, is that, is that everything is hard. And I love that course, like pick your heart. Why is this, why would you go towards this heart versus the other heart? And that, that is very personal for you. Nobody else can define that. for you. And I think if those things are in front of us, if you ask ourselves those questions cons consistently, then we are grounded in our own vision. We're not comparing to other people. We're grounded in, in our own reasons for doing this. Yeah. And to me, at least personally, that's very powerful. Yeah, I love that. And I would add uh, a question that I think would help me access the deeper why is, <clears throat> you know, if I'm, on, if I'm on my deathbed or when I'm on my deathbed and mm. I'm reflecting back on my life, what is the single most important influence that I want to have had on the world. And if I can ensure that <laughs> my activities, my energy, all of the things I'm doing right now, the way that I impact clients is in fulfillment of that single most important impact that I want, I think that can help narrow in the why as well uh, now i'm curious about what that single most important influence is for you <laughs> can you share uh, um it is absolutely centered on my faith um and i think in my in my own life it's 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 i've come through the journey of uh being very being very legalistic and if <coughs> And some of these words are, are probably a lot more common in, around the Christian, um, kind of in the Christian world. But, but legalism in the Christian sense is, uh, you know, when people are very focused on what people are doing, your actions. Are your actions good? Are they correct? Are they right? Are they following the law that's laid out in the Bible? That's, that's legalism. Um, and so I grew up with a little more bent towards legalism. And some of that might just come from my personality of, you know, being a high performer and like doing things. Um, but it's, it's, it's more, it's more about falling on the grace side and falling on the side of, um, I will never be perfect. I will never always do the right thing. I am human, <clears throat> but, um, am I able to show people compassion in a way that, um, 
that uh, uh, shows them a different light in the world, I guess is, is the best way to put it. So generally speaking, I would say that is, <clears throat> that is like the, the why. So then the question that I need to answer for myself is back the bus up. And now that I'm, you know, when I'm doing coaching with a real estate investor in a, in a mastermind program, how am I going to do that in that, you know? So, um, <clears throat> cause it's not, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there still needs to be a through line. Um, and so, so yeah, I don't have a solid answer for how that all flows together yet. Um, so, you know, as we talked about at the beginning of the session, I'm still a work in progress, but, um, but yeah, I would say that <coughs> on my deathbed, that that's where, that's what matters the most is, is having an eternal impact in that way. So how about that, you, Faisal? I, I, I think my, it's funny because I, I achieved what I did very early on. I was like, I just wanted to influence one person to find their, like, getting connected to their core and not not feel like they need to live up to other people's expectations societal norms and all sorts of stuff and just feel free in who you are and follow your own guidance and when I did that I was like wow I can do more of that <laughs> so I like it was like a moment like I because I didn't even believe that I could do that with one person mm. a lot of times but when I did that that was a moment of freedom for me so it's like, I actually shared this with my coach. It's like, I don't know. Did you read To Sell as Human? Have I read what? Did you read To Sell as Human by Daniel Pink? Yes. Yeah. So there's that, um, I forget the name of the company. There's that last salesman that walks around and knocks at uh, everybody's door in San Francisco, I think it is. He's the yes. last salesman of that company. And they, they, they did that. But he also like... It wasn't Avon, but it was something like Avon, right? Where they it, it might be. I always forget it. But but like <laughs> that picture that created for me, I felt in a funny way. I felt so aligned with that because what I pictured was I would be the last person <laughs> walking even after everything has been taken over by AIs and robots and everything <laughs> automated, knocking on doors and having these kind of conversations. <laughs> that's awesome. So to me, it's like that's my joy. That's that's where I find connection that's where I find uh, purpose and, and and then I like what's around it is building a community that 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 can can kind of support that uh, not not for me just for me but my, I'm thinking about my kids grandkids like other people that we're connected to like where do they get the support like when you fall in that gray area as you're discovered yeah. when you're not falling into this rule or that rule like how, <laughs> what the hell do you do well what you need is a community of people who understands yeah. Who accepts you for who you are. Yeah. Any, anything else to wrap up this why conversation before we say goodbye to our listeners? I think a lot of coaches that I've met, they have a deeper why. And in the process, we tend to forget about it because we all do it. I mean, there are days that I do it too. Yeah. I, I think if we allow ourselves to kind of be not just mentally know it but but be filled by that by that instinct by that connection by that intuition and then I think a lot of stuff just flows from it it sounds very cliche and blah blah but but it, it's interesting how many things you go through in the day-to-day -day stuff where when you feel aligned 
it becomes worth it. Like almost anything that comes your way is okay. I can take this. I can deal with that. I can deal with that. There's just one more step. Yeah. But as soon as I've seen, as soon as you get disconnected from that, everything feels too much. It's like, why am I going through this shit right now? Why does this keep happening to me? Is that the, the nature of questions change? <laughs> that right there, Faisal, speaks to my life right now. There is crap going on that I'm like, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, I, there's a purpose around it. And now the same stuff's happening. I'm like, no, no, there's a better way. I don't, yeah, totally. Anyway, I love that. <laughs> so maybe your challenge might be to spend a little bit of time and go back to what's foundational to you. Dial in my why and, and start shedding off some things that are old skins. Wow. Yeah. All right, guys, I so appreciate you uh, listening to our banter, our conversation. I trust that you got something valuable, maybe one nugget, maybe 10 <clears throat> out of this conversation. Um, you know, in any time that you listen to our podcast, Faisal and I always love feedback. So if there is anything that you particularly loved about our conversation, uh, please feel free to send us an email. We would love that. Um, you can send it to support at coachingmasterycommunity.com. Um, if you've got a criticism or something we can do better, guys, would love to hear that as well. Um, we also encourage you to subscribe, to like, to share this podcast. If you're watching it or listening to it, share the YouTube uh, video. If you're watching it, um, send it on to some of your other coaching friends because the more of you that can rally together and have these conversations, about how to become a better coach, we all get better. You'll get better, they'll get better, <clears throat> we all get better. And so that is the community that we are working on building is one that we support each other and um, everybody, you know, the, the tide rises all boats. That's, that's what we're going for. Yeah, you know what's funny? What? We did a whole uh, podcast conversation around why we never shared our why. <laughs> shared my why didn't I? no no not our personal but cmc's oh, uh, so yes definitely make sure you like and share and comment and and, and uh, let us hear what you have to do because ultimately we're having this conversation with you and uh, and we could be doing a lot of other things but i i feel like this is important because even on the coaching journey i needed these conversations yeah. I needed people to confirm some of my suspicions that I didn't have a frame of reference around a little bit ahead of me uh, or some of my doubts that it kept creeping up, but I didn't know what they meant. Um, and, and ultimately, when we looked at the coaching world, the reason I think the birth of CMC is that there was something missing. And the missing piece was that there's people come out of certification or they decide to become a coach and then they go at it alone. And almost every coach I've talked to who they struggled through, unless they have some specific ability in business and marketing, they struggled through for the first couple of years and most of them will give up or they make very low and it's not sustainable. Um, and so there's no support out there. The only support they would find is very high ticket masterminds that they would go to and that might or might not help them because a lot of those people are very successful and they're at a different level. So we created the community to actually a huge part of it is to set the standard for coaching is that where are you going to get your practice? Who's going to support you in those moments of challenge? Mm -hmm. Who's going to be your coach? Who's going to give you feedback? Where's the community that's going to support you? 
you if you you can't go back to the certification you could but you're just going to pay a premium there to go back and just go through the same material versus getting supported and what happens as you're going on this journey are you going to get clients as you're moving forward and is there a community that's supporting you to get clients so a huge part of what we're trying to do is one getting coaches to develop their mastery around their skill sets and their business mastery, but also getting them connected with clients as we're moving forward uh, in that direction. Ultimately, this becomes that kind of middle hub until you figure out your path, you build the right vision for your business, for for your clients, support your clients, we will be there to support you and more. And, and that's that's our, our, our vision is to, to be there for you, but we need you to get engaged. So please uh, join us in our Facebook group. It's free now. You'll get a lot of value. There'll be other coaches there who'll be sharing their perspectives around a lot of these topics. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it was, you know, as uh, when I got licensed as a psychologist, um, you know, I had a supervisor. The, 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 my state, you have to have supervision for two years before you can get licensed. So there are conversations about how are you doing therapy? Uh, you know, as a psychologist, how are you doing therapy? How are you doing this? How are you doing that? I had questions to ask, but that was just a one-on-one interaction that happened once a week if I was lucky. Imagine if I had had the, the, a, a whole community where there was a ton of other people that I could have asked any question to at any time had much more of a group environment, got to see and experience things differently. I mean, it it would be a game changer. So, you know, I just, I think about the way that things are in the more structured world that, you know, where there's licensures around and and different things like that. And there's already kind of a system in place, but it's not even as good as something like the Coaching Mastery Community. It's not as robust. It's not, you know, we never really talked about how to be better as a human how to be more aligned as a human. That was never part of the conversation. It was always just about client interaction. So um, I've grown immensely after having kind of switched over uh, into kind of the coaching world. And I think uh, I love the holistic approach and perspective to serving other people. Because if we're not okay, we're really not gonna be doing our best work. And in fact, if we're not okay, we might actually be doing damage. So we wanna make sure that that's not the case. All right, guys, um, coachingmasterycommunity.com. Feel free to um, re- reach out, have a conversation with us. <clears throat> if you're interested or curious, I mean, look, we don't, we're not the kinds of people that will be like hard, hard pitch salespeople. We just simply, like Faisal said earlier about his coaching, he just likes to have conversations. And if people, if it's a good fit for people, they will want to come in. If it's not, no harm, no foul. You know, you'll have be better for it having had a conversation than you were prior. And so if you're curious about the actual full membership of the Coaching Mastery community, uh, feel free to <coughs> fill out an application, um, you know, which is just full of really thoughtful questions, kind of like, what's your why? I don't know that that's actually a specific question, but it's those kinds of questions. Like, we really will want to hear about, you know, you in the coaching space. What, what are you wanting to do? Where are you at? Um, because we want to be able to serve you no matter what type of serving that might be at the moment. All right. Parting wisdom, Faisal. You're always good with parting wisdom. I didn't think we did a lot of parting wisdom today. (laughs) (laughs) 
You got this. That's a parting wisdom. There you go. You got you guys this. Next week on Wednesday. Hope you have an incredible week. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast.